Welcome to Dialogues in Afro-Latinidad, a podcast dedicated to amplifying and elevating Afro-Latin American and Afro-Latinx histories, cultures, and communities. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Reed Vasquez. Join us for conversations with experts and artists to learn more about Afro-Latinidad. Venga. I am delighted to welcome today's guest, Mr. Manuel Mendez. He is the chair of the DC Afro-Latino Caucus. He is originally from the Dominican Republic and moved to Washington, DC at the age of nine. After graduating from Bell Multicultural High School, Mr. Mendez received his bachelor's degree in African Studies and Communications at Antioch College in Yellow Springs, Ohio. Fortunate to have a host of mentors in his adolescence, Mr. Mendez's passion for supporting positive youth development and the issues that plague the people of the African diaspora are ever apparent themes in his pursuit for effecting positive, progressive change in his community. As a staple, a constant staple in the Columbia Heights neighborhood, Mr. Mendez's dedicated support has allowed him to forge long-term, meaningful relationships with members of the community. Currently, as the chair of the DC Afro-Latino Caucus, Mr. Mendez's goal is to unite Black and Brown people of the Washington metropolitan area. And he has shared his vision in his numerous interviews with outlets such as NBC in Washington, DC, Telemundo, Washington, DC, Hola Cultura, and Unidos US, and in his podcast, Caras Lindas, which explores the intersection of Blackness in Latinx communities by shedding light on the neglected and untold stories of Afro-Latinx people. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm excited for this awesome conversation that we're about to have. Excellent. So you, let's jump in. So you moved from uh, the Dominican Republic to Washington, D.C. when you were nine. What do you remember about that experience and the adjustments? Oh, my goodness. The airplane coming here and um, the lights. You know, the, when you live in a, develop, a third world country, you know, little things matter the most. So when I saw all the lights, uh, when I saw that we didn't have to, <laughs> we had running water, you know, so that's the perspective that I come from. Um, I come from a little town in Santo Domingo, uh, La 27 de Febrero, and, you know, we lived in, uh, basically a shanty town so having mm-hmm. so, lights and water wonderful thing yes yeah. yes and so just thinking about your arrival here and your development um how did this change in your uh physical space uh from from the dr to the u.s how did that shape your interest in enhancing the visibility and development of afro-latinx communities First, let me say that at the time that I came, it was chocolate. It was really, really chocolate city in 91. Um, And so as I grew up, I had wonderful teachers, mentors, um, Blacks, uh, mentors who uh, taught me everything um, that I know about, you know, D.C. history and African-American culture. Um, So I was embraced by African-American African-Americans from the beginning, um, the Black Anthem. Oh, my God. I remember the Black Anthem. <laughs> I'm doing it every morning, um, listening to Go-Go. Um, so I was very embraced by 
African Americans. But in my interests, uh, uh, what what interests me in enhancing Afro Latinx visibility and experiences um, has been one the problem with the notion that Latinx history in the DMV started in the 1980s. Um, and, you know, in the 1980s, there was a civil war in Central Americans. And so a lot of the migrants came from El Salvador and a lot of other Central American countries. And then second, the Black Latinx absence in local history, um, books, printed media, um, TV, that didn't uh, or that referred to Black Latinx uh, folks as a little small group that was in Washington, D.C. before the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And then as a result, um, the, the archival silent um, uh, uh, Black Latinx communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those are that's that's my interest in enhancing visibility and experiences. Okay, well, I want to come back to a little bit in that a second, uh, but I want to go talk a little bit about your passion for um, Afro-Latinx youth development um, as a way of elevating these community voices. So what kinds of, if you can talk a little bit about that and, and also in terms of what kinds of programs or events you've created or been involved in to highlight these. Um, so after graduating from Antioch, um, I worked in a small organization on 14th and Columbia Road uh, here in Washington, D.C. And uh, I became the youth coordinator. And a lot of the students that were coming in were Afro, Afro-Latinx, and they wanted something to do. Um, and there were mainly musicians. Um, and so um, one of the programs that, that I helped develop was this program called Los Charlies um, Music Development program where young people will come in and learn different instruments and play music um, together and develop their skills. Um, so I helped de- develop that. And that ran for almost six years. Wonderful. And you, you said Los Charlies. Yes. So in uh, Dominican Republic, I mean, we would just call each other Charlies. Like if we didn't know who each other's name, we would be like, Charlie, come here, or Charlie, go over here, or here, Charlie. And so it was just something that we, it, it caught on, and so they, they they wanted to call Los Charlies. Okay, okay, I love it, <laughs> I love it. Um, so kind of evolving from there um, as a community uh, leader, how then, how, how I, guess, I guess, what, how do you think your work, uh, th- this program and others like it, uh, how does that work contribute to our understanding of Afro-Latinx communities? And I'm especially interested in the, the podcast that you launched last year. Um, it's our presence that m- many other times that, you know, when Latinx is being spoken about, you know, Afro-Latinos are not in, in, in those spaces. So, you know, the youth program was an example of, you know, there were a large population of Afro-Latinos here, and we wanted to show, you know, who we were and our music and where, and where they came from, which were mainly um, Black Dominicans. Um, so it was a hip-hop merengue band. Um, and in terms of the Caras Lindas, um, I wanted to tell the untold histories of Black Latinos 
Latinos, Black Latinx folks in Washington, D.C., in Maryland, in Virginia, that hasn't really been explored. Um, so it was something that I saw as an absence from La- Latinidad, ma- mainstream Latinidad, mm-hmm. that they were, they, they were mainly focusing on white faces, white passing folks. Mm-hmm. But really, I wanted to explore, you know, Black Latinx contributions, Black Latinx voices, um, their histories, events, um, people that influenced them. And so, you know, that's Caras Linda's podcast. So what, I guess, what's been kind of the most uh, favorite of, your, of the interviews you've done for that podcast? Well, uh, statistically, it has been the interview I did with um, Professor Fernandez, uh, which talked about the Young Lords and the contributions of the Young Lords in the book. Um, I did that interview at a Bus Boys and Poets. Um, but for me, the most impactful one is, is uh, the one I did with Lucy Murphy because it's the first one and it was a celebration for this Afro-Cuban um, Francisco Rigores uh, who was a Marielito Mm-hmm. in the 1980s who came to Washington, D.C. and, you know, uh, basically changed um, what m- music uh, in the in the barrio um, felt like. And so they brought a lot of song, a lot of guaracha. Um, and um, I don't know if you've been to Malcolm X Park, but there uh Malcolm X Park on Sundays have this this drum circles. And so uh, they also were part of the development of the the drum circles in Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. And just thinking about the work you've been doing in the community and with the the interviews, what has emerged as, and certainly from your perspective, as some of the most urgent issues for Afro-Latinx communities today? Uh, in D.C. and perhaps on a broader scale as well? Um, for me, I, I uh, there's a lot. <laughs> right. There's a lot. Um, the whole-isms, right? The cl- uh, colorism, mm-hmm. classism, racism, patriarchy, uh, inequalities, health disparities. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for, for me, uh, it's visibility and representation. Um, it's the, the notion that both somos iguales, the, the we are all the same, has not uh, has not helped Afro-Latinx folks. You know, it, uh, from media to research, um, our absence is clear. Um, and second, the fruit of Latinidad has not trickled down to Black Latinx folks. Mm. We have not felt, you know, all the uh, advances that uh, white passing white Latinx folks have uh, been been um, have been beneficiaries to, um, and, and lastly, um, we need to um, actively. Um, one of the reasons, uh, one of the one of the reasons that um, I want to give my PhD. Um, it's the archival silence, right? The, the archival silence and, and the preservation uh, or the, 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 the preservation 
foundation of our of our stories, um, from digital archives to research to podcasts like this one, um, and, and trying to express who we are, what what are we about, and what we care and what we want to advocate for. Um, it must be um, art collected. <laughs> it must be in in museums and in different institutions that right now there there isn't our stories are not are nowhere to be found you know mm-hmm. so true so true we have to do more to make that information as you said available um archive it and uh and make it have it be accessible certainly uh, i want to um ask so in terms so in addition to the work you're doing with the dc afro latino caucus and actually before i get to my kind of final couple of questions mm-hmm. tell me tell me a little bit more about uh, the projects and programs of the dc afro latino caucus what are you all working on now or what do you have planned for the coming year um we're our continuous project has been casilla luna casilla uh, mm-hmm. luna is someone that we feel is the blueprint to our community uh, if you don't know who Casilla Luna is, Casilla Luna is some, uh, a Black Dominican that came in 1963 to the United States um, and founded a whole bunch of organization here, in, or co-founded a lot of organization here in Washington, D.C., mainly one, uh, one of the oldest organization in Washington, D.C., which is Vida Senior Center. Um, and... She contributed so much, um, but she is our continuous project because we want a street name after her. Um, but uh, the DC code suggests that she has to be dead two years before anything is named after a person. And so we're trying to fight that because we're trying to give, um, there's a saying in, in Spanish, I, I, um, so we, we want to give her flowers before, you know, she mm-hmm. she she goes away. So um, that is going on, um, Casilla Luna campaign. We want to name everything after Casilla. <laughs> um, we have, um, you know, his, whenever Hispanic characters come, we always have programs, panel discussions about, you know, whether um, I, I'm, I'm, planning and organizing a panel on um, Afro-Latina women in Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. and their their impact here. And I always focus my work on um, Black black women um, and their contribution and trying to give their flowers because they, they usually mm-hmm. set the tone mm-hmm. for our work. Um, so I want, uh, I'm working on that with the D.C. History Center. Um, I'm working also in trying to um, get some panel discussions or some educational programs into the Smithsonian Latino, which is going to open a, a new gallery in 2020 or 2021, mm-hmm. soon enough. And um, I'm working with them trying to um, create cer- uh, certain programs for um, youth mm-hmm. and uh, uh, community members. Um, I'm working on the podcast uh, con- to continue to develop the podcast, like um, like we previously talked about, um, focusing on Black um, Central Americans. So if you are Black Central American and are from the DMV, please hit me up. <laughs> you can look at uh, the Caras Lindas uh, page on, on online. 
and there's a number of 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 activity that I'm working on, uh, including uh, we're trying to do something. Uh, Adams Morgan Day is coming up September 12th, mm-hmm. and we're trying to, to celebrate Casilla Luna again. Mm-hmm. We, anything that deals with the community, we want to celebrate Casilla because um, we want to celebrate this beautiful Black Dominican woman who set the tone for, for um, Afro-Latinos in the DNB and celebrate her because she's she's an elder. She's 95 years old, you know, and we feel like it's necessary for her to see everything that 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 I can do, the community can do. Uh, she needs to see that because she right. gave us so much. Yeah, the leg celebrate the legacy that she, she has provided. Absolutely. Um, so we, I, we just have a few more minutes left, but I want to ask you, in addition to all the wonderful resources, and we will have this on the on the website, the podcast website, for people to have access to it, the information that you mentioned, I'd, I'd like to find out kind of, uh, so in addition to the DC Afro-Latino Caucus activities and the, and the Caratlindas podcast, what other specific resources would you recommend to people interested in learning more about the Afro-Latinx community in DC or even elsewhere in the country? So if there are other if there are other uh, projects or books or interviews or podcasts that you want to shout out, uh, please do so. Um, so the the history center, um, the history center has a, a database. Uh, it's called a Guide to Selected Research Materials Related to uh, DC Latinos and Community. Um, and so they have that resources that that was collected by. Um, Mariana Barros, um, who I give a big shout out because that's a big project um, uh, because the Latino history in Washington, D.C. is rarely collected, is rarely spoken about, and is rarely in books. Um, There's there's books. um, uh, uh, Black Behind the Ears have a whole chapter on um, Black immigrant, Mm -hmm. uh, Black Latino immigrant. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Candelario is the author of Black Behind the Ears. Um, there's a number of uh, Latinos in Washington metro areas, a book to look at, um, just to look at um, the differences of or our absence in, in Latino history in Washington, D.C. Um, there's plenty of articles. Uh, Online, uh, taking it to the street by Olivia Cal Cal Navar, mm-hmm. uh, who is right. a, a Smithsonian. Uh, there's there's a, a a lot, and and Mariana Barros' uh, guideline is is uh, is a good one. Well, excellent. We'll, we'll we'll do our best to put as many of these on the podcast website as possible to make sure people can have access to them. I just want to thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure. I'm a big fan of your work. And, like, so it's, and so it's a delight to have you here today. And I look forward to our ongoing conversation. Thank you so much for having me here. I appreciate um, you and all the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Dialogues and Afro-Latinidad, please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. For links to the resources mentioned in the interview, visit our website at michellereedvasquez.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>